much for joining us today on EPMI Cast. Great to be here, Minnie. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So we're super excited. There's a lot of momentum coming out of Cloud World um, and also going into the new year. So I have to ask, you know, Cloud World's always busy. You're talking with a lot of customers. What are some things you're hearing from customers as they look into the new year, they look at new projects or expanding um, the EPM footprint that they have, specifically around, you know, the connected close? Talk to us a little bit about that. And, and by the way, you were right. This is the second year of Cloud World in Las Vegas, and I'm amazed by the energy at the event. I'm amazed by just sort of, it's like three days of just pure passion. Um, and for anyone who's been to Open World, I love Cloud World so much better than Open World. So, uh, I, you know, thanks for bringing that up because I, I definitely thought it was a great event this year. Um, you know, what's interesting from my area, obviously I focus on the financial close and have for a long time is, there's a couple things where you sort of see customers really talking about. It's one, people are looking for a much more, a much broader process or that connected close. So in the past, people have always been like, I have a consolidation need or I have a, a, a reporting need, but a very specific need. Now people are like, they want everything. They, they want to do account reconciliations. They want to do tax. They want to do consolidation and not just consolidation, but they want to understand their process, right? So they want to be able to have a holistic view of their process and really understand what's being done, where we might be having issues, just really more exposure. You know, we call that the connected close, but but certainly um, I, I probably did like six customer presentations, like speaking with customers. Every one of those customers was basically that. All of them are really a broad um, cloud deployment. So it's really interesting to see how customers are really taking advantage um, of the capabilities, but also really bringing that, that processing together. Because um, the number one thing people want in the close is they want to be able to get it done faster and they want it done you know, with more transparency, like better visibility to the process. So it's, it's always impressive to me, you know, that, that's really what we focus on um, but, but really all of those capabilities from one solution really gives them that speed of, of, of close, but also that transparency. So it's a nice sort of blend of coming together of what, what we've been trying to achieve, what they're now doing. What do you think in terms of, you know, all of the buzzwords we hear about around AI and um, machine learning? And, you know, of course, at Cloud World, that was all the rage. And we heard that in many different areas. How, how does all of that relate to the connected close? How do you make it actionable for customers? How right. do you help them wrap their head around it? Right. It just seems so ambiguous sometimes to somebody involved in the day to day. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I do think every vendor in this space has put out a press release and, and I'll read some of their press releases and I'm like, they're saying nothing. Like it's literally, um, you can say AI 10 times, but unless it actually improves your process, unless it gives you better visibility, unless it you know gives you that, that magical performance, what's the point of it? Um, so, you know, I think from a close, there's, there's a few key areas. One, um, a close is a repeatable process, right? The monthly close is a repeatable process. The quarterly close, the annual close, like those get done every every period, every quarter. Um, machine learning really benefits from that sort of, you know, um, consistent processing because then it can learn things that you do. So if every month when you have uh, intercompany greater than 10%, you post a journal entry, why can't we automatically put that journal entry into workflow? 
Like, why do we need you to go do that? We can spot the, you know, so, so there's opportunities for us to do that. Um, I also think generative, generative AI is really the big opportunity in the short term. Um, and that's really, you know, the ability to create um, explanations automatically from the data. So everybody at the end of the month does a variance um, analysis. Everybody puts together some type of, you know, management board book. Um, why do they have to do that manually? Why can't the system do that for them? Why can't it write the explanations based on, um, you know, the model? So generative AI really has the opportunity to advance the reporting and save time. I was in Paris talking to a customer, a really large customer of ours, and they have a person who spends 10 hours, half an hour pulling the data, the other nine and a half hours basically creating the commentary um, that goes you know, with the data. And I was like, generative AI is gonna make that you know, basically zero, right? It's gonna create it, you're gonna review it, you know, it's never, it might not be perfect, but that person's workload is gonna cut down significantly and they can do something more substantial. So I, I do think there's a lot of opportunities in, in those areas. Um, I think also like account reconciliations, there's a huge opportunity for transaction matching. If you think about transaction matching, you know, there's always, we match a whole lot of them, but then there's the mismatched ones and we have to figure that out. But we should be able to learn and update the algorithm as, you know, we, as we go forward and therefore your matching gets smarter and smarter. You know, those are the opportunities where it will genuinely make a finance process better and do that magical save time and prove transparency. That, that's, that's really where I think the benefits lie. So you did allude to, you know, press releases from other vendors and competitors, and I know the Gartner Magic Quadrant came out recently. So what are some of your thoughts around that and how Oracle plays in the marketplace um, with other vendors? So magically, we can't talk about the Magic Quadrant just yet. Um, <laughs> I believe it actually is official on Monday. So, um, But Gartner does have something called Peer Insights. Uh, and Gartner Peer Insights, you could Google Gartner Peer Insights if you want to go check it out. Um, but it's really more of a, a customers can go, they, they choose, you know, what software they're using, and they basically have about uh, five or six questions that they answer. Um, and, you know, it's basically a, a scale of uh, zero to, I think it's one to five, um, of like their feedback on, you know, support, implementation, functionality, all of those different areas. What's interesting is, you know, currently, I, um, and it's it's a rolling sort of period, so it's always up to date. It's not like there's a period for it. Uh, right now, we have a 95% approval rating on it. We have a 4.8 overall score, so it's out of five. It's the highest score of any of the vendors for the closed area. So that's awesome because that's, and it's anonymous customers. Like, you have to give your details, but basically, it's your name isn't listed. Um, so it's, it's real-life customers willing to give their feedback to this area. It's sort of like Yelp. Uh, and we're overwhelmingly getting positive scores. You know, I'm... I'm general, I'm expecting that to translate well to the magic quadrant. And I, I really do expect that we will have a great magic quadrant um, result, which, you know, in a few days we can talk about, but, but it, I, I'm super excited about sort of the analyst reviews and really the journey we've come, you know, within the financial close area here and, and how, you know, well received we are now and, and really the success that we're having. I think it's a great validation of the team's hard work, but also us listening to our customers 
listening to our partners such as you guys and, and growing from it. So I know Oracle likes to wine and dine customers, but there's got to be more that you guys do to get, you know, a five-star rating. So in terms of customer success and really partnering with the customer um, compared to the on-prem days versus the cloud days, you know, now when Oracle's made a transition to more of a service company, what are some of the specific tactical programs in place um, and activities that Oracle is engaging in to to really get that, you know, five-star rating? First of all, no one's wine and whining and dining me, so that must be a sales thing. But um, <laughs> you know, they. Uh, I think it's interesting because we definitely Steve Miranda has defined this customer first mindset. That that's really our mantra, and it gets pushed down in every meeting and everything that we do. Um, and not to say we didn't do customer first back at Hyperion and back earlier, you know. But I think um, in the cloud, you just know more about your customers. It's easy. It's easier to stay closer to them. Uh, there's more updates coming out. You know, people are on consistent versions. So it's a it's a different model, really. Um, from our side, we definitely, you know, we we have this thing called the Implementation Success Program, and the or ISP. The Implementation Success Program is development sponsored, has no cost, and basically you get assigned a, a, a team member from development who is a regular part of your meetings and helps coordinate all the activities. So if you need help with, you know, uh, a detailed account rec question, they can drag in, you know, Tim Gomo from my team to help out with that. If it's a consolidation, really, you know, detailed question, Maggie Reed from my team can come in to help. So getting the right resources in the right place is part of that. But that team starts in the very beginning. They do a uh, design review. So we look at your design document and we just are looking for, does it make sense? Are you doing kind of the best practices as we see it. Are there any gotchas in there that we want to avoid you kind of walking towards that cliff? We want to pull you back from that cliff right away. Um, so that design document really kicks off the process. It also helps us know you better right away, right? So getting us engaged immediately, we know the partner that's working on it, we know the customer situation. It just, it makes us that much better to help. Uh, then we do all that assistance along the way. We can do performance testing for you. So basically to validate, because everybody should know what their performance is going to be before they you know, go live. Uh, and then we stick around a little bit afterwards just to make sure there's no ongoing issues. Every customer that's been in, in ISP has gone live. All those projects go, get, you know, go smoother. It's just a really good program. Um, we also have for the um, you know, customers who are maybe interested in the cloud, we have something called our HFM. Well, it's really called an application analysis program. It covers both HFM and planning, but I'll focus on the HFM side. So if you're an HFM customer, you've been using it for a while, you have a, you know, this, this application and you're like, what would it look like in the cloud? Or, you know, is there any issues with it? Someone from my team, actually I got three people on my team who do this, who are HFM people, but also cloud people. We get a copy of your application, not the data. We look at your rules, we look at your metadata, and we just really understand what you're doing in your application and how that might transition to the cloud. We then have this conversation with you and we just go through it. And it's a very open and honest conversation. We speak the language, so we speak HFM, you know, but we also know the cloud. So it's a good way to help a customer meet developments uh, and get an honest evaluation of their journey and maybe any others who've done it. We've done like 400 of these HFM application analysis programs, super successful. 
it gives a customer just a level of assurance, you know, what they're going to, you know, what it might look like. Definitely helps us meet people earlier. So it builds relationships. Um, so that's something. There's also one for the planning side. So that's why it's called application analysis. Uh, and then the support team also has like an implementation support lead. So that's basically where there's one person from support that's aligned with your project. And then that way that person can help prioritize, you know, maybe if, if an SR is struggling, it can make sure it gets assigned to the right person. So all of those sort of surround programs just help your project, you know, succeed more. So you did touch a little bit on, you know, um, a lot of the, you know, in addition to overall customer success and partnering, the HFM specifically to cloud program. And on that, you know, when we talk to customers, many of them uh, more and more are going from HFM to cloud or considering it. What are you looking at or what do you help them look at as some of the top considerations? There might be cost at play, but oftentimes there's also a huge process redesign, which this is a perfect opportunity as we tell our customers if they're gonna invest in the future. But what are some of the key considerations that you help customers think through in addition to the tactical analysis of the application? Yeah, I think definitely, you know, people are passionate about HFM. I started working on HFM in version 1.2. Bizarre that we had a version 1.2, but this was back, you know, early 2000s. We did things like that. Um, but I, I think people build so much into HFM, and at some point you get these really unwieldy applications with really complicated VB scripts. And it's almost like they're afraid to change it, but their business is changing, right? But they're afraid to change it because it, it, it works as it is. So, you know, a lot is sort of like go, making that move to the cloud is about rethinking, you know, what you're trying to accomplish. If you're doing your planning in HFM, HFM is never a planning tool. So you're getting, you're not getting a, a good planning experience. You're getting a consolidation tool doing planning. Um, you know, so so really figuring out what your goals are, figuring out how, um, you know, what you want to do. So definitely the cloud has better and more nimble reporting. You know, the cloud has the ability to really monitor and automate as much of your process as possible. So those are all things where, you know, who doesn't want to automate something? Who doesn't want to get better reporting? Who doesn't want to give their users an easier process to follow? Those are all, you know, things but it's very familiar. It's got all the same calc status, like all those terms that people are used to are carried forward. But, you know, we've just tried to, um, our goal with the cloud was to carry forward what worked and, and innovate where, you know, technology allowed it or just HFM didn't do it well. So I always think of us as HFM, but better. You know, to your point about the HFM customers moving to the, you know, moving to the cloud, I mean, at Cloud World, there were like seven HFM customers who are up on the stage talking. Um, you know, my session with three of them was like, I think the fifth ranked attended session overall for all of ERP and EPM. So it shows you there's interest, but it also shows you there's success and people want to hear those stories. So I, I think, you know, definitely um, I love HFM. I made my career off of it. It's a fantastic tool. Um, and it's going to be around for a long time, but there's an opportunity to take advantage of AI, ML, to take advantage of better reporting, to take advantage of easier automation, to minimize your IT investments and allow Oracle to do the upgrades and the patches and all of that. Who doesn't want that, right? So those are those opportunities that are out there. 
in addition to all the other capabilities in the cloud, like account racks and tax narrative, like those are all great things that people can benefit from. So I, I really do think it's 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 a, a an ability to expand and benefit your process. So I'm going to play, you know, um, devil's advocate or challenge a little bit here. If a customer is looking at, you know, changing their HFM process and considering cloud, and they think this is an opportunity to look at OneStream or other competitors in the market, what would you tell them? Because they are going to take on a huge project and undertaking. And, um, you know, when you look at other competitors versus Oracle, they're claiming to do the same thing, like you said, about, you know, upcoming features and things or embedded features already around AI and ML. What would you tell them, um, you know, at this junction, if they're going to uproot their whole process and are looking at a new world, um, you know, away from Oracle or either in Oracle, right? What are some of those considerations? Yeah, I think you're definitely right. I mean, I think it's interesting. Yeah. I would I would question whether it's really uproot their whole process or or improve their process, right? I mean, I'm look, people who who've implemented HFM did it, you know, ten years ago, something along those lines. Their process, their business has changed, but the way they they do it has not changed. So, a, I think it's an improvement to your process. I definitely think there's other vendors out there. I think our references speak for themselves. I think the quality of our customer of our um, customers and customer references speak for themselves. Um, I do think there's something familiar about sticking within the Oracle slash Hyperion family um, to do that. And I think, you know, we have a different perspective than, say, OneStream does on this world. OneStream has sort of this single model that kind of locks in your process based on initial upfront decisions. It's also a significant amount of customization. We've taken a slightly different approach. We're a platform, but we're also a little more nimble. Um, the way we allow you to deploy and you're not dependent on each other. Um, we also have built in a lot of best practices into the software, so you don't have to customize, i.e. write code for everything. Um, you can if you want to, but you don't need to. So, you know, that's a real advantage is it's just less code to own, less code to maintain, um, less code for you to hire someone, sorry, but for you to hire someone to, to develop. Uh, and that was really our approach, um, you know, was to get away from, you know, having people code everything and really delivering best practices. Remember, like I've been doing this job a while. People on my team have done have also done a while. I have someone on my team who is the original Hyperion Enterprise project a product manager. So she's gone through enterprise, HFM, and now the cloud. Um, and that's a lot of my team. So we know what people do. We've, we've worked with customers, hundreds or thousands of customers over the years. Everybody thinks they're unique. The reality is they're unique like 5%, but there's so much overall that, that really should be productized. And that's been our focus in the cloud is productize as much as we can, you know, and then allow you to, to um, configure, but not customize. Um, and I think that approach works better. I think it also gives you really great performance because that way we own the code. So we're optimizing that code. Um, when you customize, you're really um, depending on are people following best practices? How are they doing it? There's so many ways in, in code writing um, to, to either do it well or do it poorly. We remove that burden by if you use our best practices. And to echo that, we've seen that firsthand with our customers where we guide them many times, you know, with your help, your team's help, 
on how to accomplish, like you said, that 5% and life after go live for someone in finance and accounting, in corporate accounting, they want to focus on the analysis of the numbers. They don't want to focus on maintaining DB scripts. They don't want to focus on, you know, um, the customizations that are unnecessary. So we can attest to that with our customer experience as well. I think for us, we want to deploy and build out the next part of the connected close. We want to do a good job now, do FCC, and then build around it like account recs or narrative reporting. So how do you, on that topic, help a customer prioritize? Because these are very critical applications used for external reporting, management reporting. Um, how do you help them go through the idea of, wow, there's so much they might have a mix of black line or you know HFM, and then they're looking at where to start. How do you guide them through that roadmap? And is that something that Oracle does weigh in on? Yeah, I think it's interesting. We always say build a roadmap, right? So what are your priorities? And let's build that roadmap of, okay, is consolidation your immediate need? Because guess what? There was an acquisition and you really just have a really burdensome process, or maybe your black line renewals coming up and you want to, and you're thinking maybe it's time to standardize on one vendor, you know, hopefully us. So we definitely help build a roadmap and sort of show how you could do that. You know, the other thing, and I think you guys do this as well, is get a get a win, right? Like, because you've got a bunch of users and and we've all been users of software. We all use Microsoft Office. And when they when they do an update, we're all like, where's cop? That's uh, a bet. But where is something? You know, because they move the ribbon around, they change something. So we're all we all get frustrated by up by upgrades and change. Um, but I think if you get a win, if you impress your users, if you benefit them with something, um, especially if it's a priority need, they're going to be open to more, right? And then they'll see that, you know, and we've seen this. Our HFM customers, when they move to the cloud, are very demanding. They will not accept a consolidation one second slower. They will, like, it has to do everything, and then we have to benefit them. So our HFM customers hold us to a bar that's really, really high. And, you know, we, we deliver on that. The black line customers who move to, um, you know, cloud for account recs, and you guys, I know I've done a number of those. Those customers are not giving anything up. <laughs> they want everything that they had plus more. So the, we know the bar is high, and but we also know that that connected process is going to benefit them. We know that our reporting is going to benefit them. We know that a single administration is going to benefit them. So the goal is really us from a software perspective and you guys from a partner perspective kind of marry up and make sure that we deliver that customer a great experience. So what are you personally excited about? You know, you've you know spent a number of years with HFM, with cloud and the connected clothes. Uh, what gets you out of bed in the morning and continue to, you know, build on this vision that, you know, basically have successful customers? What gets you excited? Well, I mean, selfishly, what gets me excited right now is University of Michigan football. Alex and I were discussing it recently, but, you know, <laughs> we're in our third year of a great season, you know, but but that, aside from that work-wise, um, I, I actually, you know, I think, the, we I've worked in product management for a long time, and product management is an interesting role because you deal with problems most of the time, but you also make software that people use. And it's really cool to make something like go to Cloud World, and there's people up on stage who are using software that that we defined and we made, 
and they're using it to run their business, their $40 billion business, their $60 billion business. That's pretty awesome. It's a huge responsibility because they're relying on us and there's Oracle salespeople who are relying on us producing software so they can sell it. And like, there's a huge, you know, we're the, we're the, the, the downstream or we got to make something good. So everyone else succeeds. But when we do, it's really cool. And that kind of, that's why everyone who's, a, who's in product management never leaves because you just, you, you really get energized by that ultimate success. You like making something, you like people using it, and you like knowing that they're successful, and then you want to do it again. And I, I think that's that's the number one reason I've done this for so long and will continue to do it. Well said. Thank you, Rich. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for joining us on EPMI Cast today. It's been an honor, and we hope to welcome you back soon. Great. Thanks for having me.